Hi, I'm Vicki Bolson, and welcome to Taking Care in Business, a podcast I created out of my passion for using business as a force for good. From environmental practices to social impacts and all that falls within the realm of corporate social responsibility, I'm always curious about how organizations are taking care in business. Well, hello, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about something that I have been reading a lot about in the news. Um, I think I've shared before that Volson Group, my company, is carbon neutral. But I've been getting these, I don't know, emails and reading articles about something called net zero. And so today, I've invited Mike Smith, who is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Acclimate. And just so you all know, that's spelled A-C, okay, A-C-L-Y-M-A-T-E, right, Mike? That's right. <laughs> okay. And he also, which I want to talk about this, is the co-founder of a company called Renew West. And this is cool. The developer of the largest restoration project in U.S. history. Uh, yeah. Ca- carbon, carbon-focused carbon reforestation. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So cool. So I think you are really well suited to talk about this. So thanks for joining me today, Mike. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's great to be here and I'm looking forward to to meeting with you today. Great, great. Well, so let's just start off with what I already said I really wanted to talk about, which is what is the difference between carbon neutrality and net zero? Sure. Uh, so just briefly, so carbon neutrality is the concept of like, you know what your emissions footprint is and you buy some offsets in order to uh, kind of make up for that. In my background as a, as in tree planting with Renew West and where that company is is continuing to go is uh, is broadly, we were carbon offset project developers. This is a space I'm really well familiar with. And though carbon offsets have, have within the marketplace have been coming under some increasing scrutiny here recently, they're still like a really, and importantly, they should be. Uh, they're also a really important part of a kind of like our path to the, the, our our future, where there is no climate future without us doing a lot of these restoration and preservation uh, uh, projects. There's some like really big limitations around carbon offsets. Uh, the first one is, is that um, with perfect adoption of carbon offset projects in the natural world across the entire planet, you're still only going to get to about 20% of the world's current emissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is, is that carbon offsets uh, have frequently been used by not the most forthright players uh, in the marketplace, um, folks that are, are looking to use offsets as a, as a way to kind of get out of taking care of their their bigger responsibilities. And so uh, some of the pushback that's been around carbon offsets is like, how do you actually do the harder thing than the more important thing, which is to reduce your emissions, mm-hmm. uh, the emissions associated with, you know, uh, your work, your personal life, et cetera. And so um, what that introduced was is this requirement that uh, in order to avoid being seen as a greenwashing company, it's not just enough to do offsets. You also need to do the, the harder thing first, which is the emissions reductions. And so net zero is this is the concept of how do you marry these two together, um, which is how do you both cut your emissions year on year to get to this point where um, you are down to the most essential emissions that like you just can't get away from right now because there's limitations in technology, et cetera. Um, so typically net zero is seen as trying to align broadly with the Paris climate accords. Um, and the, the Paris climate accords talk about that. We need to effectively be to 90% reduction of worldwide emissions by the year 2050 in order to have any hope of maintaining a 1.5 C, uh, you know, total warming future. 
that 90%, um, they call it net zero, because at that point, there will be enough reforestation projects, forest preservation, grassland soils, mangroves, you fill in the blank, that we will have enough carbon capture from the atmosphere that, that it will balance out in a way that's meaningful. Um, and beyond that, that we'll actually be capturing carbon from the atmosphere, we'll actually, more than we'll be emitting and slowing it down. Um, but the important part of, of net zero is the pathway. Um, and very specifically, um, you know, there's large corporate things like the Science-Based Targets Initiative or the Task Force for Carbon Disclosures and like some of these others. But like the general idea is, is that you can't say like, we'll be net zero by 2050, admit all you want till 2049, and then be like, yep, okay, we'll magically cut it. There's like a harder pathway. And so what that looks like is, is that roughly uh, humans have to cut 50% of their emissions every decade for the next three decades. So we have to get to a reduction by 50% by 2030, 50% of that. So down to 75% total by you know 2040, and then roughly another 50% by 2050. Um, it's maybe actually a little bit faster, 55, 60% per decade. And we're already, you know, uh, three, you know, years into this decade. And so we're, we're behind the eight ball a little bit on this one. And so the goal here on net zero for any, you know, small to medium sized business and why we, you know, we work on it here at Acclimate is, is that you got, we, you have to give people both tools. You have to give them the tools to, to both reduce their emissions in a way that's meaningful. They can see it. They can move beyond assumptions and get real data to, to start doing those things. And the responsible part of that is, is while you're cutting those emissions, those essential emissions right now that you just can't quite get rid of yet, like you need to be offsetting them. Um, but the priority okay. is start with emissions reductions, then go to the offsetting. Okay. I get it. I, that makes total sense. So, okay. That just brought up a lot of questions. So is this a good example? I was buying a plane ticket for my daughter to come home for another daughter's high school graduation. And they asked me as I was ending my purchase, if I wanted to offset. And I thought, huh, this is so interesting. I sort of feel like I'm helping them with their carbon neutrality, but what are they promising to do for, for this upfront? Like, and, and so I didn't do it. I didn't make the donation or whatever, because I wanted to go in and do some more research. But to me, that's greenwashing. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit, sometimes it feels like, uh, you know, when you, uh, you're checking out at the grocery store and then they ask you like, would you like to give a dollar to St. Jude's or something? Right. And you're like, well, yeah, I like, you know, I like kids that are sick and want them to be better. I'd want to give a dollar, but then you like, you also like when you dig down, you recognize that they claim that as a charitable contribution and you're like, you know, hold the phone. Like, no, no, no. Like I'm not doing your dirty work. <laughs> you know, like yes, if, that if, is if exactly this is really charity, right. you should be doing this. That's exactly how I felt. Like, you know, it's like a quick, a quick, you know, grab without any disclosure, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's one of the problems with carbon offsets um, and why in our marketplace, we try to give you as much selection as possible and you can actually see what you're doing. Historically, there's been a lot of opacity to it and that you don't really know what you're getting involved with, right? You know, there are some airlines that I've seen that have, uh, have started, I think United, for example, has a way that you can invest in their, uh, sustainable aviation fund, um, which is not a carbon offset. It doesn't really, um, it's also kind of like, well, no United, like you're a pretty profitable company. You should go do this yourself. Right. Like, but specifically within kind of the aviation sector, like if you look at like reports from like the Rocky mountain Institute about like how they decarbonize, yeah. there's like some big, like 
like they divided like their the quadrant the four quadrants of like the problem into uh an offsetting scheme known as uh, uh corsia um sustainable aviation fuel uh the third quadrant was unspecified future tech and the fourth was question mark like so there's a lot of ways that like this is kind of the essential emissions question for like an airline is is like they've got to start rapidly decarbonizing they don't know how they're going to get there yet now you know the world changes a lot in 30 years um and so you know by 2050 hopefully they've figured a lot of this out um but in the meantime, you know, from an individual's standpoint, from a business owner's standpoint, one of the things that you should think about is like, what are your substitutes for flying? Right. right? Do you have to do this? Is this truly essential travel? You know, and if it is essential travel, are there lower carbon solutions to it? I mean, even um, just picking from one airline to the next, um, um, you may spend more money on one airline, but it may be a more carbon efficient uh, plane. It may be a more carbon efficient route. Um, you know, uh, uh, eliminating layovers is an important part of that, right? Because most of the fuel is burned in the in the the takeoff and climb to altitude. Yeah. So um, there's just a lot of things that are kind of in there, and it can kind of drive you crazy trying to think through all those things. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, and I I did notice not this time, but another time. I don't even think I noticed this last time, but another time I was buying tickets, I noticed like a, a an emissions chart you know so i was i could right there on the screen determine which one was the the most environmental purchase of a flight and i thought that's kind of cool and i just i wonder there's just i don't know that's it i know that flying is one of the main things you know that we can cut back on um just as is driving um you know and i do want to talk about some of those things that just the everyday person can do to to offset carbon emissions, but um, let's, let's skip to this whole thing of, so you, you buy these offsets, right? Um, which is, I, I love how you explained it, that you, that net zero is actually doing things to reduce your emissions and then identifying what you can't change right now and then buying the offsets. So Bolson Group, we did this whole analysis with the company we are working with, where we answered questions about how much we fly, how much we travel, how our commute to work, what we eat. I mean, products we use, all kinds of things. And they came up with our um, carbon um, footprint. And then they kept track of it or, or they gave us an estimate for our, our payments or whatever. We made monthly payments. And at the end of the year, I asked for an impact report. And the thing that really got me was that I, I was told how many trees we essentially planted or how many cars we got off the road. But the thing that really was just a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, what's a disconnect for me was that where were the trees planted? Like, you know, what kind of cars did we take off the road? It just seems so, I don't know, like out there in la la land. Do I would imagine people have problems with that unless they know that they are buying offsets in one of your restoration, you know, your reforestation projects. So is that kind of the disconnect for people that they feel like, I, I feel like you need to know where you're planting your, where your trees, like, what are you, what are you offsetting specifically? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first thing is, and like, this is a common point of confusion is, is that like, so um, the standard unit of measurement for uh, for emissions is a metric ton of carbon dioxide or its equivalent. And like that, like the 
the unit is TCO2E and like that just makes people's eyes roll back. Right? Yes. So I like, mean, what I, on earth is that I, number? Right. I don't need to know that. I need to know specifics. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so then they try to give you it to you in equivalencies of like, that would be like the equivalent of X number of trees growing for 50 years. Well, what kind of tree, where is it at? Like, you know, and so like, and so like those equivalencies themselves are an attempt at trying to make something, um, uh, tangible that is, 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 is fairly academic and, 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 uh, uh you know quantitative um one of the ways i like to think about it is um around um have you ever heard of like the donut theory of economics Uh, no so the general idea is is (laughs) yeah so it's it's this new thing like they're they're like the 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 dutch in particular are are pretty uh avant-garde in this but the general idea is um it kind of lines with like the un's like sustainable development goals which is the general idea is is that like um, there's this floor of basic human rights um, that everybody has a right to food, water, shelter, et cetera. Uh, but there's also this economic, this ecological ceiling um, that we can't go beyond. Um, and what I like about that, um, just as a way to kind of like to, to create illustrations for, for like, what is your emissions footprint is to show like how many earths would it take for, if everybody lived this way? Right. Is to kind of give you like a real sense of like, okay, this is my shared ownership of it. Right. You, you know, you're living, you're living the life of, you know, to give you like a great example, like that makes it like really clear your refrigerator here in the United States. If it's an average refrigerator uh, consumes more electricity than the average of three Nigerians. Right. And so like, just like to, like to to put into context, like how much three Nigerians their just whole lives, their everything whole, that yeah, they do. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. That really puts it into perspective, doesn't right? it? Right. And so you get to, you get to those equivalencies, I think, are like more meaningful than like, yeah. How many trees, right? Now, there's a separate problem to what you're also asking there, which is, is like these equivalencies don't mean you're actually planting trees, right? They're just trying to give it to you in a way that like is something that you can kind yes. of like, well, I know what a tree looks like. That's much, that much tree, right? Um, but there's also the offset. And usually the offsets are like, especially if it's a corporate offset, they're just kind of like, here's, uh, trust us, we're buying this bundle, right? And so um, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, um, but, you know, generally, the they it, it just helps them in their, their procurement that if they don't have to, like, explain too much about that. Mm-hmm. And so um, our preference um, and most of our customers' preference is that they get to see where they're buying their offset from. They get to know the offset project. They can actually go find it on a map, you know, and you can learn the story of it. And it doesn't have to be just about planting trees. It could be about forest preservation. It could be about like, um, like cook stoves in Africa, you know, which has like some really strong, you know, developing world, you know, attributes. And then also like women's health issues. Cause it's typically, you know, women in the developing world that are doing these cooking uh, activities. And so, you know, just there's a lot more about like an offset project than pure accounting of just like, what's the, you know, what's my missions here? How much do I need to buy? There's also like these, they call them co-benefits that you really, um, that resonate, you know, different amounts with different people. Yeah. Wow. That's, that, that's helpful. What you just explained. I would rather know that, you know, the, I don't know, I, I don't want to know that I use uh, just in the course of using my refrigerator, that 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 is equivalent to three Nigerian people's life of of emissions. That is that is like 
that's overkill. Like that, I just need to unplug my fridge right now and go to a cooler or something. Well, well so that's the, that's the donut theory of economics, which is, is like the reason they don't that use that much electricity is because a lot of Nigerians don't have refrigerators or right. lights. Right. Yeah. And so like the donut theory here is, is like, no, they deserve that. Like they, yes. they have a, a minimum quality of life that they deserve. And it's like they need a refrigerator. Right. But like just to, so you don't need to go unplug your refrigerator. But, you know, maybe if we could think a little bit about about like some of the things where we do have a lot of waste and just be like, you know what? Every time I don't do this wasteful thing, uh-huh. like, you know, I'm doing a little bit more of my part. So those folks that don't have refrigeration in their lives. Yeah. Can have it. Right. Like we all have to kind of like there's a little bit of a shared responsibility to, for us all to to make it there. Absolutely. I um, have tried to commit to 10 new things every year that I'm going to do. And you know, I have to kind of dig deep and get obscure, you know, like I'm trying to think some of them this year. I mean, kind of the basics, you know, of making my own cleaning supplies um, unplugging things when I leave the room, which is a hard one to do, you know? Um, but like there, you can really just start digging deep, you know? And, and so let's talk about that a little bit. I know from the carbon neutral assessment that we did to arrive at our, you know, um, carbon neutrality, um, we had to answer questions and my whole team came to me afterwards and was just stunned by the things that we had to answer, you know? So it is kind of shocking. Um, But when you really think about it, they make sense, you know, things like, you know, how much meat are you eating and things like that? Like, you're like, what, how do I figure that out? And why does that matter? Then you think about it and you're like, of course it matters. And so, so there's, there's what we eat, what we drive, how we travel, how we, you know, um, work. I mean, are we driving to work, working from home? Tell me some of the other, like, give a few tips on things that people can do to really address the climate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So the first one is, is you probably have a lot of assumptions, but you should stress test them a little bit. Um, And so find something that helps to, if you've already done a a climate accounting, you've identified this, but you haven't get a baseline, figure it out. Um, You know, one of the things we pride ourselves on Acclimate is, is having a, a very affordable you are very approachable. You don't have to have any climate expertise. You just have to show up wanting to, to learn. And yeah. it doesn't take very long. You know, the, you know, it usually takes about 10 minutes to onboard and then it's about five to 10 minutes a month to, to use the software. <laughs> That's a great first step. You don't have to solve the world's problems. You just need to start to figure out where, you know, what your footprint is as a business. And then we're also coming out with an individual calculator as well to help people with that. That individual calculator will be free by the way, too. Um, yeah, I saw that on your website. That's super cool. Um, so su- super ex- excited about that. Um, in general, um, one of the big things that an individual needs to think about um, is uh, electrify everything. So uh, one of the places that in our, our economy that's decarbonizing the fastest now that renewable energy is not only like price competitive, but actually price advantaged, like it is... Um, it's in in most cases in the United States now, it's cheaper to install new uh, solar or wind projects than it is to maintain an existing coal plant. <clears throat> so because of that rapid decarbonization that's happening there, all the things that you use for, uh, that don't use electricity, but could, you should. So heating, uh, water heaters, uh, for example, um, if uh, transportation. So if you can afford an electric vehicle, 
and they're actually pretty affordable if you look for the right ones. I have a little 2017 Chevy Bolt and I love it. Like that's a really great way to like immediately get some like big steps in there. Um, even if you were to p- plug your electric vehicle to let directly into a coal power plant, just the if the efficiencies of electricity versus an internal combustion engine, that alone is probably more efficient than the vehicle you're driving. Um, huh. And and electricity is getting cleaner every day. Yeah. So that's, that's a really great first step. Um, diet is a big part of it, um, you know, and you don't have to, you know, go full vegan and like, and, and worry about that, you know, but like my wife and I, we like to think of ourselves as like part-time vegetarians, you yeah. know, we eat meat like three times a week, you know, by the way, it's good for my heart. So like, it's it, like, it works out really well. And like, yeah, you know, my blood pressure's down. So it's great. A restaurant, but only cook vegetarian at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or maybe only eat week on the on the weekends, or you know, yeah. like I'm yeah. still gonna have like a nice ham for for uh, uh, for Easter. Easter. Yeah, you know, but like most of the time, like I'm eating vegetables, and that's okay. That's good. Grow a garden. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, uh, diet's a big component of that, <clears throat> and then just uh, the things that you buy have a lot of emissions associated with that. And so, you know, the that old adage from Earth Day in like 1970 of reduce, reuse, recycle, like that really matters. Like reduce the things that you're buying, try to buy things that last, you know, spend the money up front. Fast fashion, you know, for example, is a terrible idea. Buy clothes that last for years. And and then when they develop a little bit of a tear, see if you can repair them. You know, you'll have nicer clothes. It'll all work out in the long run. You'll save money, you know, as well. But um, but re- try to reduce the amount of things that you buy uh, as well. What doesn't matter as much as a lot of people will think uh, the carbon emissions of your food are not so much about like where they're grown as much as what they are, right? So less meat, because for example, it takes 40 pounds of grain to produce one pound of beef. It's like three to five pounds of grain for every pound of chicken, right? If you can just eat that, that is just a huge degree of efficiency if you're just eating that grain or vegetable equivalent itself. Um, And so like if you're buying produce that's actually shipped to you from Chile, um, that is probably better than buying beef that was grown across the street. Um, you know, there's, so there's a lot of things that are kind of counterintuitive about like, you know, where, where it all comes from. Um, either way, uh, what I love about what you're doing, Vicky, is is that you kind of pick like a few things to do every year. Like you don't, you don't have to tackle them all. Like this net zero is a journey. Right. And so like, Start with making your own like net zero commitment. Start with figuring out what your footprint is. It doesn't take that much time and it'll get you to thinking about it. And then yeah. pick one or two things that like are just small behavioral changes. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's that gets you started. Yeah. And, you know, I, I try to encourage people to do that because I honestly just it. I feel better. You know, I feel better on a daily basis when I go collect, you know, when I get my dog's water from the rainwater I collect, or I hang dry my clothes instead of using my dryer. I mean, I sort of feel like a little pioneer lady over here sometimes, and I get teased quite a bit, but I'm not even that hardcore. I have somebody at my office who's going to be editing this. And uh, she is, we call her our homesteader. She is, she is so committed and she gives us all wonderful ideas, but it all does matter. And it's really scary. It's really, really scary to think what needs to be done. And yeah. we have to all be, we have to all be a part of it. 
Um, okay. I want to segue to my final question, which is, okay, so how acclimate works. I know you have the free assessment tool, which is fantastic. I know you can get like a demo and you can talk with a person, um, complimentarily to gather information to see if that's a fit for you. Um, early in the conversation, you talked about how the importance of net zero is that you're working to reduce what you can while offsetting. So what are you guys doing in the net zero space? Like, are you consulting with companies to help them figure out that while they're also, you know, doing their offsets? How does that work? Yeah, sure. So um, the problem that we saw was, is that um, a lot of people will spend a lot of money with consultants um, to do just kind of the baseline accounting. Um, And at the end of the day, like, they're usually several thousand dollars the poorer. They have a nice little report and maybe they see the consultant a year later, but they have to kind of budget for it. Um, and that, um, there's a couple of big problems with that. The first one is, is that um, the consultant's doing a lot of things that they, that can really be automated. And they're smart people that like can actually like, like once they get like the numbers, then they can do the advice uh, part of things. And they don't really love that work. Um, so we thought we can automate that. And that's what we did with Acclimate is, is a lot of like, how can we collect this information in a way that like you don't have to have any expertise you don't have to have a consultant come in much much more affordable for kind of like your getting started point right yeah um and so we part of that is, is that we've tried to design the software and so a way that we can kind of almost like incept into your brain like where your emissions are coming from in really high color like oh okay that's purple that's a lot of office emissions or oops that's you know orange that's a lot of operational emissions and so you can look at it without having to like get very quantitative, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, that's the first thing that we do. Um, we will, uh, we do have a, a concierge service if people are looking for kind of like that ongoing, like kind of consulting aspect, still like cheaper than a consultant yeah. uh, as well. Uh, but we we also see this as something where we can work hand in hand with a preferred consultant you know, where this can be their, uh, their tool, you know, for you to ongoing, like see it. That fixes the second problem, which is the ongoing, uh, which is uh, like, if you say, okay, well, we've got to reduce this. Well, you know, uh, the consultant generally is not diving down to like, okay, who's taking these flights or, or who's got the long commute, you know, like actually figuring out where that is. And you can start to see like, okay, well, you know, uh, Jack really, you know, doesn't really need to drive an F-150 40 miles one way, you know, maybe he can carpool with Anna, or maybe he can like, it actually turns out there's a bus line there, we can buy him a bus pass. And that's just about as fast. You know, like, there's like things that when you start being able to like, pull that apart and look at the data, attribute it, and then you get to see like how that changes, you actually can track that and not be like, okay, well, I'll see what my emissions are next year, you can see what it is next month. Ah, that's super cool. You know, I would imagine too, can you pull it your, like your progress on a monthly basis? Is it like a Mm -hmm. dashboard like that? Yeah, absolutely. So you can see your progress on a monthly basis. Um, You know, you can stack by quarters. You can, you know, if you want to dive into the scopes, you can look at it by a scope analysis. You don't have to, but you don't have to know anything about it. You just know we prompt you for like what we need and as much as we can, we automate it. Well, and I just want everybody who's listening to know that as someone who's B Corp certified and going through a recertification, I'm raising my hand. It would be wonderful to be able to pull this kind of information because I'm, you know, contriving it from different resources that I have have to measure things. Um, that that's a total benefit of the service of Acclimate. I sound like a commercial right now. Um, 
But I mean, like, seriously, like I get it. And then the second one is just being able to pull reports because investors are looking more and more at investing in companies that are measuring their impact. Um, And to be able to do so on a base, like a regular, you know, a moment's notice and to follow up with an updated report. I mean, like there's so many things that can be done with this information. Um, And it is affordable because I was looking at it and um, I think the concierge service was like, and maybe this is just an entry level concierge service, but it was 500 a month. Is that what I read? Yeah. So right now we charge for access to the software. Uh, if you want to have the ongoing analytics and you don't need any support, that's a dollar per employee per month. So incredibly affordable. Oh, um, gosh. And then if you want the concierge service where we'll do the data entry for you and then give you some reporting and uh, and some a little bit you know more you know handholding, that's 500 bucks a month. So very, very affordable. Good Lord. $1 an employee per month. Yeah, um, it's going to be going up soon. Um, so if if you're interested, you know now would be yeah, the time. Yeah, I got to get on the phone on with that. Travis. Um, so yeah, talk to Travis. Um, you know, Vicky <laughs> will take care of you. Um, and uh, one of the things that we will be replacing um, or be adding to uh, is a, uh, an additional tier in the near future with integrations, where we'll be able to pull most of this information in automatically. Um, and so as we access those data sources, that'll cost a little bit more money. Um, we'll announce that later, but. Um, but yeah, love, love making this like a really approachable, affordable thing. We've helped a ton of B Corps like they're like when we did our initial customer discovery before we even started programming, I talked to a lot of B Corps and, and we love helping that, you know, helping solve problems for B Corps. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, okay. I just, I love your company. Congratulations on such a cool, cool and much needed platform for so many. I mean, you're going to be hugely successful, I think. So thank you for coming uh, on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like one, one little line that I like to pull from the, the the IPCC report from 2018 is, is that like um, every uh, fraction of, of warming matters, every like year matters and every decision matters. And I think that's like really important for all of us, Um, you know, and that was, that's kind of the animus of, of acclimates is like, how can we give, decision-making like real honest decision-making to the rest of us. Um, and so I'd love to help you everybody with that and, um, your lips to God's ears. I hope we're as successful as you want us to be Vicki. Yes. I think you will be. I, 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 it's, it's important. And I hope everybody will at least go to your website and check it out. Um, A C L Y M A T E.com. So That's right. without spelled differently. Very yeah, the, unfortunately, that URL was taken, but I really like that verb, and so I was like, okay, we're gonna we'll, we'll tech bro it up a little bit here yeah. in order to yeah. to get our, a discrete URL. But uh, yes. that's what we do. That's who we are. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you, Mike. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, just letting everybody know a little bit more about not just you know your tool, but how what net zero is. I mean, I was just befuddled, so I feel much much more knowledgeable now, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I was. Uh, I enjoyed being here. Thanks for your uh, for having me, Vicky. You're welcome. Taking Care in Business is hosted by Vicky Bolson and is co-produced by me, Morgan Hartman, and Addie Miller. Together, we're all part of the team here at Bolson Group. If you enjoyed today's episode and you'd like to help support our show, please follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and updates, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Taking Care in Biz, that's biz with a Z, or by going to our website at takingcareinbusiness.com. 
If you have any questions, comments, or have a guest suggestion, you can email us at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today and stay tuned for our next episode to learn more about using business as a force for good.